Well, my name is Andy. I'm the lead pastor here at High Point Church. It's a great uh, moment to be here with you worshiping together. And uh, today, here's what I want to invite you to do. Before we get into the message, I want to invite you to text HPINFO to 97000. That's text the word HPINFO, H-P-I-N-F-O, to 97000. Some of you that are watching are new or new-ish to High Point. Uh, this is a great moment for you. What will happen is you're going to get a text and it will give you all the different options to get connected at the church. You can fill out a communication card. Um, also, one of the things that we always take the time to do is to give. Part of our worship experience uh, is about giving. And so today, if you text HP Info uh, to 97000, you'll see how you can give. Uh, you'll see some links in the comment section as well. And uh, thank you for being generous. Thank you for sacrificing and helping our church become the, the best church it can possibly be. With that, I'll be right back here in just a minute. All right, ladies and gentlemen, great to be here with you this morning. We're going to get right into the text today. If you've got a Bible, turn to the book of Acts. Uh, if you're watching online and this is your first time, uh, welcome, first of all. Um, uh, it's thrilled to have you here, but here's what I wanted to explain. Uh, our church, for the, the, the latter part of, of 2020, we met online, and we still are meeting some uh, right now online. And Once a month, uh, we're getting together in person at the historic church in downtown Kennesaw. Uh, it's newly renovated for in-person services as we prepare for our grand reopening in September. So what we're doing this summer is we're building together as a church. The series that we're in is called Brick by Brick, and it's all about God's church, our church, the global church, and what makes a great church a great church. What makes you? What, what, God, what is God doing in your life, and how is he using you and your passions and your, the purposes that he's put in your life to, to build his kingdom uh, and his church? That's what we're doing. You'll notice right now, I'm literally, we're going to be preaching outside and in different locations because we are a church that is not only in our city, but for our city. So we thought, man, we were going to take a minute. We're going to preach from different locations. So you might see in the weeks to come a few spots where we're outside or in some unique places. We're just a few hundred yards away from our brand new uh, location. So here we are at Depot Park. Let's get into the text today. We are talking about lean in. We're talking today about prayer, <gasps> right? Now, for some of you, your eyes have just rolled into the back of your head because you're like, prayer, we're talking about prayer. It's like the Sunday school answer when people say like, what's the answer? And everyone says, Jesus, you know, who do we love? Jesus, what do we do? Pray, right? And <laughs> so a message about prayer can instantly almost just kind of turn into the religious habits of of things that you've heard a thousand times before. But here's what I know. I know the early church was filled with tons of issues. They had lots of problems. And if for some reason you're looking for a church that's problem-free, you have officially arrived at the wrong place, okay? We are not an issue-free, prob a problem-free church. We're not, no churches. But here's what I know. I know the church that we read about and the historic church coming after it. We see God moving and he literally is changing cities and transforming lives. And we see miracles and signs and wonders. We see amazing uh, acts of sacrifice and generosity. And we also see a people that come together and pray 
The church was a praying church. So there's something about this aspect of our, of our life as a people of God that we have to recover. We're going to get into it here in just a second. Acts chapter 2, verse 43. Actually, we'll start in verse 42. <clears throat> Peter has just preached. Thousands of people have come to faith. They've put their faith in Jesus as Messiah. And then this is what begins to happen. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Love that. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The church is growing. The scriptures tell us that this body of people, thousands of people, might I add, that they were devoted to several things. That these things had, uh, you know, the, the pre- they, they were the, the, the premier activities. They, they reigned supreme in their life. And those things were, the, were teaching in the word, fellowship and community, the breaking of bread and prayer. But the word that comes before all of those is that they were devoted. And the word devoted simply means an exclusive focus towards a particular thing. They were devoted to this above everything else. This is what marked them as a church. Acts chapter 1, if we, if we rewind the tape a little bit, it says they all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brothers. Acts chapter 3, now we fast forward. One day Peter and John were going to the temple at the time of prayer, at 3 in the afternoon. Prayer was central to everything. I mean, I could start just laying out all the instances in Acts where prayer was central to the activity and the worship that was taking place. Jesus spent, I mean, how much time did he spend praying? We see Daniel praying in the Old Testament. Nehemiah praying in the Old Testament. We see Mary. We see Anna. We see Elizabeth all praying in the scriptures. God used these people. He used the church at large as they got on their knees in the time of worship and prayer. Prayer is foundational to the heart of a healthy church. Today we're going to be talking about just the habit of cultivating prayer. You're going to, we're, we've got two weeks on this, okay? And I need you to strap in. I need you to buckle up. I need you to, to lean in on this because this is who God has called us to be and it's who we are called to become. It is, it's, it's, both, it's both who we are as Christians, but there's also growth that's, that's available for us. Here's some of the fun benefits of prayer. I'm not going to tell you anything. I don't think you don't know but I'm going to remind you, the benefits of prayer reduces anxiety. Paul literally writes in Philippians, like, hey, if you're anxious, pray. Prayer solves problems. James, the brother of Jesus, says, man, if you lack wisdom, pray for it. Because God will give you wisdom. 
Prayer builds your confidence, your identity as to who you are as a son or a daughter in God's house. Prayer brings peace of mind, Isaiah 26, 3. Prayer helps you understand God's will. Last time I checked, I think people were interested in knowing God's will. Prayer helps you understand the mind of God. Prayer paves the road for forgiveness. In my own life, I, I mean, I can attest to this. The greatest places of forgiveness have taken place as I've spent time praying and seeking God and asking for Him to help me. Now, I don't think anything that I just said is so monumentally surprising that you just, you just got off your couch. Like, you got to go walk this off. You can't believe that Andy just said that. I mean, you just, you're blown away by that. No, we, we accept these things more or less as true. So why do we have such a difficult time praying? Why do we struggle to pray? Let's be honest, praying is pretty difficult. Most people labor through it. If you've ever done the, you know, the, 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 the Thursday night prayer, right? You, you, you've decided you're going to begin to pray before you go to bed every night, right? And you get on your knees and you put your head on, you know, you, you're, you're leaned against the mattress. You're asleep in four seconds. How does that happen? How is it in the morning that you can have your coffee and you are wide awake? You're ready to face the day. You've got all the energy in the world. And then you decide, I'm going to begin to pray. And it's like a, just the fatigue of the world sets in upon you. It's like you just can't make it another four minutes, right? There's an aspect of this that is both physical but also spiritual. The devil does not want you praying. Satan does not want you experiencing the, the freedom that you get and receive when you pray. And he certainly does not want a body of people, a church, praying. When you look at the scriptures, especially in the book of Acts, here's the crazy thing. Much of the prayer that takes place is communal prayer. It's when the body comes together, the church comes together, and they pray together. The latest statistic, Barna Research Group, pointed out in 2017 that only 2% of Western Christians reported praying with their church. Now, that's an unbelievable statistic. That's not to say that people don't pray in the shower or in the car or, you know, have a moment, right? But in terms of praying with their church, the communal power of praying together, 2% of Western Christians reported praying together. I think God would have us do something about that. And to be really transparent with you, I think there is a power that the church has yet to experience, especially in the States, that will only come when people learn to pray together. The heart of God and the power of God. Amen? Amen. So why don't we pray? Uh, in, in, you know, 15 some odd years of ministry, here's the, here are the most common reasons that I get. Now, hear me. This is not data-driven. This is purely anecdotal, okay? So this may not be you, but many people struggle to pray because it feels too spiritual. They don't know what to say, so they'd rather say nothing, 
right? I don't know what to say. I'm not a, I'm not a good prayer. I've got great news for you. God does not care what kind of words that you use, and neither do we. Neither does our church leadership team, okay? You do not need to be a professional prayer. Professional prayers not allowed, okay? Okay, so one of the other reasons we don't pray uh, is, is because we don't feel worthy. We, we, we just feel like our sins, the condition of our life is, is in such a state that we could never approach the throne room of heaven. Thank goodness that Jesus has done something about that. And so now you get to approach the throne room of heaven and pray and ask God to move powerfully. Jesus did what you couldn't do. Here's some of the, uh, the other reasons. We don't pray because we're too busy. Okay? Ouch. I like to call these weapons of mass distraction. This right here, my iPhone, I know for myself if I'm going to pray, like really spend a few, even just a few minutes praying, I've got to get this away from me. I've got to set it literally away because there's so many things. I want to know the latest score. I want to play that game. I want to check my email. I want, need to check Facebook. Oh, there's an alert on the news app. And, and there's a thousand things, literally. There can be a thousand things happening to distract you from prayer. Weapons of mass distraction. And then lastly... One of the reasons that we just don't pray is because we don't need God. Now, newsflash, you do need God. But sometimes our lives are built in such a way where the things that you, you just need in your life, most of those things are taken care of. And so consequently, you don't feel really any compelling need to spend time in prayer. It's amazing though, isn't it? When you become, when something happens in your life, something that's hard or tragic or difficult, it's amazing how all of these excuses melt away. Desperation has a way of clearing your schedule immediately for prayer. And this is what we're talking about today. The, the three kinds of prayer, there's, there's the desperate prayer, there's daily prayer, and then next week we're going to be talking about dangerous prayers. You, you all know what a desperate prayer looks like. In fact, if you saw the news in Britain, this just happened, their tallest roller coaster, right, just locked up in the middle of the coaster ride. This happened, I think, this past week. Right, and you can watch all the TikTok videos and Instagram videos of people stuck literally about 220 feet up in the air, okay? And they're all looking down. They cannot get the roller coaster unlocked, so they have to literally start loading people off of the roller coaster at 220 feet in the air. At like that, you know, you know what I'm talking about, like the kink, 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 and you're at like a 45 degree angle looking straight into the air, and now you've got to get off of the roller coaster on a one railing staircase to walk down. <laughs> it's the most amazing moment. Nobody got injured, so I can chuckle and laugh. I'm going to tell you right now, I promise you there were people praying the, the, the prayer of desperation. Oh God, please help me. This is where the deals are being made, right? There, there, there's offerings being made. God, if you do this, I'll do that. Even the most ardent atheists in moments of desperation, the infrastructure that they've held to, it's amazing how quickly it can crumble. Now, maybe they haven't put their faith in Jesus, but I'm telling you, when, when desperation hits, it's amazing how, God, if you're, 
I don't know if you're up there. I don't know if you're really real, but if you are, would you? Dot, dot, dot. Desperation has a way of shaking us into prayer. And what I want to talk about today, though, I, I don't need to, you don't need tips and you don't need coaching on how to pray when you're desperate. It just comes out of you, okay? But one of the things we do struggle with is what we call just daily prayer, the habitude of prayer. Growing as a Christian where, you're, where you just naturally, you get up and you spend time praying and seeking God. You do it with your church and you do it on your own. I'm telling you right now as your pastor, if you want to grow in maturity, if you want to grow uh, in the confidence as a Christian, as a man or a woman in the presence of God, you must learn to pray. You've got to have conversation. You may have heard this before, but Amy and I, my wife, we have a covenant marriage. Imagine if the only time I spoke to her was when I was in a place of desperation. She'd hear me, but we wouldn't have a relationship that was very good. Imagine my kids, if the only time they ever wanted to talk to dad was when they wanted something. Oh, wait. (laughs) Kids do that, actually. But as you grow... As you grow in relationship and as your children grow in maturity, guess what? Your relationship becomes different. And you talk about other things and you share life together. Our relationship with God is no different. So today I want to talk to you about ways to get started and the ways to get going, cultivating a life of prayer. First, point number one. I want you to reject the one hit wonder lifestyle of prayer, meaning you just, you pray once in a while. Everybody knows, you know, whether it's the proclaimers, right? Or, or some other random band that just has that one hit wonder and you've never heard of another song that they've ever made before, right? Well, well, this is kind of how some of us treat prayer where it's just like, you know, every once in a while, something pops out. Let's get beyond that and let's begin praying daily. Here's what you can do. When you get out of bed, you can take a deep breath and begin to thank God. You don't know where to start. You don't know what to say. You don't know what words to say. Begin with gratitude. The best place to begin cultivating a life, a foundation of prayer is gratitude and thanksgiving. You don't know where to start. Start by getting out of bed and saying, God, thank you for the air in my lungs. Thank you for the home over my, thank you for the roof over my head today. Thank you for my family. Even though it may be dysfunctional, Lord, they brought me into this world. Thank you. Maybe you have a job. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my paycheck. Lord, thank you for the relationship that I'm in. Thank you for, thank you for my car. Thank you for that I have enough money for gas today. Thank you. And you just begin to thank him. It's amazing what happens when you cultivate gratitude as the foundation of your prayer life. I've never met somebody that is is both bitter and, and, and has a heart of gratitude. I've never met a thankful, bitter person. It's a, I have a hard time meeting thankful, resentful people. And so if you want to grow in prayer, begin, you don't know where to start, begin by simply being thankful. Psalm 103, David writes, Praise the Lord my soul, all my inmost being. Praise His holy name. 
Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. If you don't know what to thank him for, turn to Psalm 103 and begin to thank him for just these things alone. God, thank you for your son, Jesus. Lord, thank you that you've forgiven me of my sins. Lord, thank you that you still move in my life. God, thank you. Lord, thank you. One of the things that we've started in our church that's communal prayer it is every Wednesday morning at 7.30, we pray together over the phone. Now, the, 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 the lie that many of us have believed is that there's the, I think there's a famous book, like 21 Days to Start a Habit, right? If you actually dig into that and you Google it, you'll find that it's 21 days you might after 21 days, cultivate a habit. Most people do not shape a habit in about 20 days. For most people, it's about 60 to 70 days. Literally, that's a lot of repetition. And uh, also, fun fact for you, if you miss a day or you blow it or you mess it up, it doesn't actually uh, do a whole lot in terms of your emotional psyche at building a new habit. You're going to be okay, in other words. If you, if you mess up and your habit gets broken, on your pursuit of 60 days of straight prayer. But here's what I want you to understand is that, that if we want to build a culture of prayer in our church and a community of prayer in our church, it's going to take some time. It's going to take a habitude where we get up and we do the heavy lifting of prayer. That means we don't, we don't hide behind our jobs. We don't hide behind the fact that we've got kids. We don't hide behind the fact that, that we're tired, even though all of those things are true and real. It was true for Jesus as well, except for the, the kids piece. But last time I checked, all of the children of the world were on his mind. Bam, snuck that in there. Right? There is a, there is a facing the reality of your life and choosing to pursue God in spite of it. That's the only way we cultivate truly a heart of prayer. So you'll see the, the screen in front of you is the information on how to jump in on our prayer call, right? And it's open to anybody. You don't have to be the professional prayer. It's literally just a conference call for our church to come together and pray on the phone together for 30 minutes. We pray for you. We pray for the needs of our city, our nation, the world. We pray for whatever's going on. And we pray together. And you know what? When it first started, I got to be honest with you, there were times where I almost forgot because I wasn't used to praying at 7.30 on Wednesday mornings with my church. But after having done it now for over a year, right, it's a part of my life. Like Wednesday morning has come around and I don't really think about anything else except the fact that I know Wednesday morning I'm praying. Praying with my people. Praying with you. Let's do it. Cultivate prayer in the life of our church. Here's something else that we get to do. We get to, number one, we begin with gratitude, right? We reject the one-hit wonder lifestyle of prayer. But the second thing is that we get to change the conversation. And here's what I mean. Many times our prayers uh, extend no further than God be with me um, or, or God help me to have a good day. Now, I want to be very clear. In case you're, you know, you're, you're feeling ashamed. Sometimes that is exactly what you need to pray. I have prayed that 
probably more than any other prayer of my life. You know, where it's like, God, help me in this moment. Help me to just get through this day, right? Those are, those are quick prayers that you're throwing out there. But at some point, we want to cultivate a deeper relationship with God, the verbiage, the language, right? Where we're, where we're actually having true conversation with him. You're praying. One of my favorite preachers is Alistair Begg, and, and uh, I'm, I'm ripping this from him, this section right here, on cultivating a deeper language of prayer. But understand, my, my pastor, one of the things that he did, and I love this, and we've tried to do this some with our own kids, is, you know, they had nighttime prayer with their family. And so they had a, a globe uh, of the planet. And before they prayed for any needs of their own, they would spin the globe and they'd put their finger on a spot. And before anything else happened, they would pray for people in that land, in that country, in that city, because it forced them to think uh, in prayer beyond just their needs, beyond just their day and, and beyond just the night of sleep that's getting ready to happen. It got them thinking that, God, I'm asking you to move on someone else's behalf. And when we read the early church, when we read about it in Acts, the amount of prayer devoted to other people for God to move, for signs and wonders, it's almost 100%. That's not to say that we can't or shouldn't pray for our own needs. You should. But... What I want to encourage you to do is to move beyond the language of just God be with me today. God's already promised that he'd be with you. Jesus has promised that. It'd be like my kids coming to me and I'm offering them five bucks and they're begging me for five bucks. And I'm like, I'm giving you the five dollars. What else do you want? What else do you want me to do? Ask me. I believe God is literally inviting us to ask him in this hour. Number three, um, I want you to be bold and I want you to be specific. Sometimes, again, we don't know what to pray or we don't feel worthy enough to pray. And so we don't bring what we really want to the table. I love how Jesus and his interactions with people over and over again, he draws them out. What do you want me to do for you? I want to see, Lord, or I want to walk, Lord. If you're willing, Lord, if I'm willing, what do you want? And as people are bold and as they're specific, we see God moving. One of the things about this boldness that we talk about, we see this word happening in Acts quite a bit. As people are filled with the Spirit of God, they respond in boldness. And one of the areas where this boldness takes most effect is in their praying. And they begin to seek God. And when you're bold and you're specific, it reveals a bit of faith that's happening inside of you. And what is it that we know about faith? It only takes faith the size of a mustard seed. So be bold and be specific. My kids know. They can ask me for anything. There are many times where the answer is no. In fact, I tell them no all the time. Or there's a bigger picture that they don't see. They don't understand. They don't know what's going on later that evening or or tomorrow. And so the answer is no, and they just don't get it. We're no different. But you know what never actually bothers me? When my children come to me with an expectation that dad can do this. 
The reason they're asking is because they know I can do it. And I can because I'm their dad. The Bible says this, Jesus actually said it, and he says it in Matthew chapter 7. He says, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? You wouldn't do that. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Ask him. What do you need God to do? What do you desire to see him do? Do you need him to heal someone? Ask him to heal. Do you need help forgiving? Ask him to help you to forgive. You need a new job? Ask the God of heaven and earth to help you find a new job. You need to be used. You need to discover your purpose. You need, you need whatever it might be. There's no need that is too great for God and there is no need that is somehow annoying or burdensome to him. He is a good father and he knows your heart. He loves his sons and he loves his daughters and he desires relationship with you. That's what he wants. And as we grow in in communal prayer as a body, and as you grow in in prayer as an individual uh, seeker of Christ, I'm telling you the foundation of which you are building your life on, it will know no bounds. It will become so strong. And this is the very thing that will catapult you into greater Christian maturity, I believe, than anything else. Let's grow in prayer. Let's grow in daily prayer prayer today. Hope to hear from you on Wednesdays at 730. And I look forward to seeing you right here next week as we pick up where I'm leaving off today with dangerous prayers. Father, be with us. Lord, we want to pray. Lord, it's hard work sometimes. We don't know what to say. Uh, we, we feel tired. We feel overwhelmed. We're busy. The weapons of mass distraction that, that just distract us from praying help us in this hour become people who are passionate about your presence and passionate about relationship with you and praying to you. Move in our midst, God. Draw us into deeper relationship with you. Lord, we love you and worship you. Great to be here with you this morning. See you next week.